We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Aitman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, throws for the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded All right, Panthers fans, welcome back. It's another edition of the Roar Podcast. we got a big one today for you. John Ellis, Billy Marshall. Man, the draft is right around the corner. We've been talking prospects, free agency. Sam Darnold's in the house working with Christian McCaffrey. A lot to get to. Billy Marshall, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty well. Gearing up for another NFL draft. Happy to have our guests on who pretty been, has a pretty good track record of predicting their first round pick. He has worked his way up into a great position with this organization, folks. Bill is a great follow at Panthers Bill. He's been kind enough to spend some time with us this afternoon as he's in the middle of about 50 things. He's the assistant director of digital media broadcasting for the Panthers. Bill Voth joins us. Billy, how are you, sir? Hi guys, how are you? When you say Billy, are you talking to me or are you talking to Billy? <laughs> you know, my dad's name Bill too. He says, John, if they're named Bill, call them Bill. If they're Billy, call them Billy. How are you I, doing? My, my family still call you know, Do you want to know who the people still, like, this is going to amaze you. Um, the people <laughs> who still call me Billy are my family and you won't believe Marty Herney. <laughs> oh, nice. when, I I when I see Marty in the hall, he'd be like, hey, Billy. Billy. Hey, I don't know. That was kind of slightly endearing. You got the grumbling, Billy. Hey, Billy. How so, you doing? You some go. coffee, Billy. 
Bill, it's great to have you on the show, of course. Look, it's a busy time right now. Sam Darnold is in the house. That trade went down. I think it was right after April Fool's there. People were thinking, okay, what is Carolina doing? There's a lot of chatter. Is it Matt Stafford? Was it going to be Deshaun Watson? That obviously took a turn. Will it be the draft? And then, lo and behold, Sam Darnold ends up as a Carolina Panther. Just your initial reaction to that deal going down. And uh, what you've noticed from Sam since you've gotten to spend, obviously, a little time around him in the building there. I actually was not here the day he was in the building last Monday. Um, I'm usually here like, I'm like the carpet. I'm always here, unfortunately. And then that, I actually had the gall to take a couple days off flip to Boston. So I was not here. Um, but a, con- a couple content pieces that we did do with him that I've seen um, make him look, I mean, this is me judging, like, what do I know? Uh, make him seem like, of course, he's not going to be a cam-like personality, but there's just like a very like he totally gets what to say in front of the camera um not necessarily like just in a press conference because i think he'll do that but i mean like just playing along with kind of how we needed him to play along with we did we did a knockoff of hot ones i'm obsessed with hot ones so this hasn't been released yet hopefully it'll it'll come out this week we 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 did something with christian paul Belloni called southern ones where he tasted southern foods and he loves hot ones and so he knew exactly he knew exactly how to act. Um, and so I, I just really appreciate, because I'm obsessed with Hot Ones, and then I saw how he acted during this, I became a content fan of his. So yeah. I'm excited to, to see what else we can do with him. I don't know if these guys can play or not. And I don't, I mean, to me, like, do they have a good personality or not? Like, I really wanted Jair Alexander a couple of years Remember ago. Remember that. Because I didn't. I don't know if he can play or not. I just know that I want a talker. I want a guy who has personality. How does he help me? That's what players want to know. How can you help Absolutely. me, Coach? And that's what you're looking at, Billy. Who's the player that can help me as a content creator? <laughs> that's fantastic. I can't wait I mean, to see that. that. I think that's fair. Isn't that all you guys care about, right? What makes the Panthers' content look, look better? Isn't that, isn't that why yes. we're all here? Uh, you know what? I have a lot of respect for what you guys do, and I, I would like to see some wins at some point. But I think that's out of your wheelhouse, Bill. <laughs> some people, yeah, I am. I am disagree the most part. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, the job is the the job is better and more fun when they're winning. So, of Absolutely. course, you'd like them to be able to play a bit. Too. Mm-hmm. So let's quickly transition um, to the draft and look forward to what this team might do. Bill, obviously, you have a pretty good track record of predicting and. Um, yeah, I, I, me personally, well, I you felt, can't count the last three years because I mean, I kind of had it, I kind of had inside info. No, okay, I'll, I'll go back to 2017 <laughs> when I mean, you were one of the first that actually put out McCaffrey. Uh, 2016, they were going to take Hunter Henry, which is what you predicted mm-hmm. until Vernon Butler fell. Um, 15, I, I think did no I one else had Shaq Thompson. Um, did I predict Hunter? Yeah, you predict Hunter mm-hmm. Henry. Did I really? Okay. Right. Yeah, you for, you went, forget like, how great you were, Bill. You forget your greatness sometimes. No, no. Shaq, you. Shaq's, the only, Shaq's the only one I'm kind of proud of. Because to be honest, I think Jordan Rodriguez had Christian. Jordan, Jordan was saying Christian to the fan base in like January and February when mm-hmm. he wasn't on anyone's radar. So I want to give a credit on that one. Oh, yeah. Shaq no, for was, sure. Shaq I was proud of because that's really hard when you're sitting in the 20s. Um, yeah. And then I knew it was either going to be Humphreys, DJ Humphreys, right? Or, yeah. or Shaq. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think you had a best guess of Humphreys because I. I don't know. It's really tough, like you said. You know me better than I know me. But yeah, uh, no, I'm just. I'm, I'm looking at someone said you like. A, <laughs> um, and, and then obviously Benjamin was a pretty uh, predictable one, especially uh, given how Gettleman fetishes size and they needed a receiver at that time. So anyway, I'm sorry I keep interrupting. As I interrupt, it's kind of what I do. <laughs> uh, but as you look forward to this draft, I feel like this regime 
is a little more like, I don't know if I want to call it unpredictable, but they're keeping their cards close to the vest. I'm reading um, a bunch of national people now saying that the Panthers really want to trade back and accumulate more picks because Matt Rule is supposedly tight knit with Jimmy Johnson. He used to like that. And then I'm reading about how Fitter and uh, Seattle, that was a big thing they did. And I've seen some hints that you suggested that um, offensive line is probably going to be priority in the first couple rounds. Uh, can you give us a sense on what direction they're potentially going to go in uh, or leaning in? Sure. I think you guys both know, I mean, people who like follow me kind of closely understand that I like to just kind of drop hints. Um, the offensive line stuff though, isn't dropping hints. That's really just my personal feeling. Like mm-hmm. I think in order to make Sam Darnold work in, or like he's going to have PTSD coming from what he just came from. He does not have time. I don't care. You got Kyle Pitts and everyone else running around. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the memories of what happened in New York and just, I just think there's no, you don't give the guy too much of a chance. So that's to me, I strongly feel like offensive line, offensive line. Uh, that is not me reporting or even trying to drop, drop hints. It's just like, that's the obvious thing, right? Like the, how do you, how do you get this guy to see if you how do you see if there's actually no, you know, uh, number three pick value in him. Uh, sure. And I think you have to give him a chance with an offensive line. Now sitting there at eight, I, I think it's less them playing their cards close to their vest than it is. They really have a lot of options and they are not locked in on people, which usually at this part of the process, um, teams are pretty locked in and know how things are going to shake out. Um, mm-hmm. But they have a lot of options. Um, they of course they want it that way every every team wants it that way but there are so many unknowns this year um i I just think you guys also probably know my my feelings about mock drafts i actually feel bad for the mock draft people (laughs) because it's like i mean of all years at mock draft you chose violence today bill i saw some of those it was great (laughs) is this v 9.0 or 10.0 it's like People get really, people get really mad. But that, that's, and but I'm being serious. Like I understand. Like my sarcasm can a lot of times. Like I, it's hard for me to then be serious when I'm sarcastic all the time. But like I'm being serious. Like my mock draft is I absolutely I I don't know because yeah. I don't think they know, and I don't think that's because well like they're just kind of walking around and like we don't know. Like it's like no, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows, nobody knows anything. It's like right if, now. This, if this piece from four to seven moves this way, then this could mean this at eight, and then this. So like. Yes, they could sit there and they could draft a quarterback. Yes, they could sit there and draft an offensive tackle. Yes, they could move back. Like, all these things are in play. It's not like, well, really, like, this is how you – like, most teams also know what's going on ahead of them, and then and then they can put up their draft where they can have their mock drafts, and then they know what's going to happen. This year, I'm just getting a much different feeling this year uh, around the league that teams don't have as good a grasp on what other teams are doing, which mm-hmm. makes it really hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, personal preference aside, John and I obviously would love to see Kyle Pitts, but I mean, there's been a lot of like momentum towards him going to Atlanta at four, so we're yeah. we're probably giving up on that, that pipe dream. Well, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't I mean, think anyone thinks he's going to fall. I think most most football people call him like the best player in the draft, and so yeah, I mean, I, he's probably not going to fall to eight. I mean, if you fell to eight, it's kind of tempting not to take him because I. I just feel like he's the Quentin Nelson of this draft where position mm-hmm. value, all that stuff goes out the window. He's just, in my opinion, he's the second best player behind Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I, again, I, I really don't see like a team like Miami or even um, like I said, Atlanta passing on him if he gets 
Um, if he does get past the line, I don't see Miami passing on him. I've that's been asked kind of- this question on ESPN Upstate today on their show. Would you take Fields or Pitts at eight? And I was like, I don't think either one are going to be there, guys. Let's get realistic about what's probably going to happen here. It's a good hypothetical. I'd love to have Pitts in that offense. I think he'd be great, fantastic. But that still leaves that left tackle wide open there. I think to your point, Bill, I mean, we've seen the carousel since Jordan Gross uh, left in 2013. Uh, it hasn't been pretty. And it's been not only within the season, but within games, they've had to rotate left tackles. They just got to find an answer there, I think. So if I had Pitts at, you know, at number eight, I didn't think about it. But, uh, man, if, if Sewell's sitting there or, or Slater, I think I'm, I'm going in that direction myself. Like I said this in jest a week or two ago. Like, I would spend all seven picks, and I think I said eight because I couldn't do math. Yeah. Um, I, I would spend all seven picks on offensive line. And, like, seriously, I said it in jest. <laughs> but then also, like, did I? Like, I don't – like, like – if you don't have an offensive line, like we learned it again in the Super Bowl this year, the lines, the lines, the lines, it's all about the lines. Actually, speaking of the offensive line, Bill, I actually, I'm curious because they have also spent, um, I mean, whatever we think about, you know, the two players they signed, they did actually guarantee some, you know, decent money to them. How, how do they factor into this equation? Because they also brought back John Miller too. And I, I thought he was pretty solid last season. Love so John I'm, Miller. I'm assuming he's, yep. mm. he's going to be, you know, at least, the not the day one starter, but at least the leading contender to be the right guard. If you give me six or seven good offensive linemen, like starting starter quality, that's still not enough. So like, give me all your offensive linemen. Like, yeah. uh, like I will hoard all of your your good offensive linemen. So I don't think the guys they brought in this offseason like factor into anything that happens in the draft. I think it's like okay, there's some people there, there's some people that could play, like that, that are penciled in as starters. Um, but that that should not affect anything they do in the draft. They have to they have to get younger. They have to get better, uh, and they have to get more. They have you have to improve their depth. So again, I'm I'm just I'm extreme when it comes to the line right now. It's just especially with a guy like Sam Darnold. Like I'm telling you, like those those feelings of being chased around and whatnot in New York mm-hmm. are gonna come back yeah. if if he's if, if if people are in his face right away. What chance is he gonna have? Uh, Bill Voth joins us from the Carolina Panthers on the Roar Podcast. Uh, Bill, question I have for you regarding the overall makeup of what's going on in the front office here. Now, there's maybe some things that you can't touch on. I get that. There's some things you might not be privy to. I totally get that. But I'm fascinated by sort of what appears to be a little bit of change in not philosophy necessarily, maybe a little bit of urgency there. I think the messaging was on point in terms of setting the right expectations Market conditions obviously changed. Some veterans came available. Do you think Scott Fitterer, in a way, came in? I think he was the last GM candidate interviewed, if I'm not mistaken. He comes from an aggressive background. Do you, do you think in any way Scott Fitterer had some type of influence on Tepper's thinking there? Or is this just a collective decision that we need to get better at quarterback now in this Bridgewater experiment doesn't seem to be it for us? I mean, they were talking about getting a better quarterback in December. While they were still playing games, they were, weren't they? Yes. Well, before they interviewed anybody for GM, quarterback, and I think it was just let's go try and find a a a, a guy who can lead us to a Super Bowl. And right. uh, I think you could say Deshaun Watson potentially could, Matt yeah. Stafford potentially could. Um, would you say that a Mitchell Trubisky or a Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, not really. So that's why mm-hmm. Sam Darnold's kind of in the middle, right? It's just like mm-hmm. can he? I don't. Like, he's not like the other two. He's not. He's not like Stafford and uh, and Deshaun. But okay, that's 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 somewhat interesting. Maybe we can make something of this that they thought to themselves. So um, it, it, it's it's you know Tepper always talks about optionality and like you're giving yourself now option out like he's an option. Is that and now now 
then it comes to like how patient are you going to be right because obviously mm-hmm. with Betty the patient didn't last all that long how patient are you how patient are you going to be with Sam so that's why I think you know if, if, a, if a guy like a Justin Fields falls to eight uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the Panthers aren't going to do that just because Sam Darnold's on the roster it gives them yet another option if they can if they sure. go and pull the trigger with that um, so and it gives you another option at the most important position in football. Now, again, how would that do, what would that do to Sam mentally? Like, would that push him? Would he be struck? Well, or would he be, would it just be this another thing where it's just like, you didn't really give this guy much of a chance when you bring in a top 10 pick. Um, so, you know, that, I think that that's one of the things, but again, that they're sitting there at eight with all these options. And I think it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. Where's Teddy right now? Is it, has anybody spoken with him within the team? Is he still involved? And, and where do you see this ending up? A trade, a release? Does he stay around and work with Sam? How do you see this shaking up? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to, you know, reveal any information that people don't know. I mean, the, the first of those two are mo- most likely, I, w- I would think, right? Either a trade or a release. Um, it would be tough to you know after all these months to go through and, and still have them on the roster i think they they do it like that's the one thing about my rule and, and people think rules always just kind of like um can i can i swear on here um please I'll, do I'll yes bull driving. please uh, go no swear, but like i think no no no, no start if, over if, start if, over if please wanna, please bill go back and do it the right you, way it's a child program it's a child's podcast we're not we gotta, <laughs> gotta be family friendly. but um but like i think we would find camp he was fine with teddy he was fine he's fine with sam like he just kind of he's like as cheesy as this sounds and like this i'm not a cheese ball like he's trying to build like this entire team and yes of course they realize the quarterback's the most like important position but you've got you've got to fill out the rest of the roster too so um, I think he's he's willing to take a shot with with a lot of these guys. I don't even remember what the question was. What was it? Oh, it's just that. <laughs> and I haven't that's even bull, drinking. That's I bullshit, Bill. Get with oh, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> um, no, the a question obviously was about Bridgewater's future. Where you see that oh, ending yeah. up? But I think you know. To your point, yeah, there's not much that I think anybody knows. Maybe yeah, even I'm in your gonna... position, I, I don't think you've got. You know, you've got a lot going on there, but I don't think you're you're privy. I don't think a lot of people within football ops really know right now what's going to happen with Teddy, yeah. if I'd had to guess. But uh, it's fascinating. I've not seen him. I've not seen him. I, think, seen him? I don't know if you, if you follow him on, on Instagram. I did I did notice he was, he was posting some really, isn't that weird, vague things last week on his Instagram story. Mm. And I feel like they were, they were like messages. because he was I didn't quiet. see that. He was quiet for months, and then he just did a whole bunch of strange videos. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, it's the NFL. Things happen. One thing I like about Matt Rule, one thing that I think hit a lot of people the wrong way about it, the Cam Newton thing, uh, the fans at least. It's a business, and, you know, look, it happened. There were a lot of things around that Cam Newton situation that I'm sure you were privy to within that building. But in terms of this situation, Teddy was their guy, $33 million guaranteed. Now, a lot of people put that at the feet of Marty Herney. I'm sure he had a huge part of that. But he was obviously on Matt Rule's radar, I think a lot of people say, well, this is another failure by Matt Rule. Look, I think it's good that they go ahead and own up. Look, this is just not working. We need to find something else. We need to keep building with some type of pace here. Don't wait too long on this. It's unfortunate that the second year of that contract is prohibitive. But I do like the fact that Matt, one thing I've heard, Bill, and you know Matt better than I do, he works his guys really hard. He's fair, but he is very much a grinder. He works his assistants very hard. He's very firm on his players. Comes from a Tom Coughlin background. Obviously doesn't uh, mince words. Your impressions of Matt Rule 
as a second-year coach now coming from Baylor. He's had a chance to settle in. You've gotten a chance to know the guy individually, one-on-one. But from a coaching perspective, how is he uh, coming along? You know, um, it, it is – he does have a different way of going about things than Ron, of course. But Ron was an exception to the rule as well as far as you don't, you don't find a, a lot of Rons out there. Um, as someone, again, we go, it goes back to the whole content person. Like, I appreciate people who are transparent and just say what we all see. Like, that, I appreciate that. As opposed to, and I love Ron. I, I really do. I really like Ron as a person. But when Ron came out after that week two, um, Thursday, is it Monday night, Thursday night, Thursday night against Tampa and said it had nothing to do with Cam's foot. And it was just like, like yeah. That, and so right. I do appreciate rule just kind of um, not bull jiving as much. Again, it's a family podcast. Um, it, I, I, I do like that. And I, I think it's funny that people think he's up there lying when I'm like, no, you, you guys don't understand. Like Ron was the one up there with like the coach speak. Um, yeah. No, he did. He did it in a very nice way, um, but he was the coach. But he was the one who would always be like, "Oh yeah, I think he could play this week." When like everyone knew the guy wasn't going to play, but like he was always just kind of like glass half full. No, oh, some of the exchanges with some of the exchange. I know it wasn't with you, but I think it was maybe the one one ESPN. I'm not going to mention names here. There was one exchange during one of the pressers was like, ah, 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 and there was like the, the whole concussion yeah, I remember thing that. With that was in 2015. Uh, Ron, Ron was very defensive of his players too, so I think that was part of it. But you're yeah, right, yeah. much but different well, communication style, much different. Yeah, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's just – it's different. Um, yep. It's also coming from a college world. Um, but, again, I, I, I appreciate well, knowing, knowing like what the facts are and then seeing Matt say them during the week and then people being like, well, he can't mean this. And it's like – well, he really does. Like, he's just not like. I think there was like injury stuff this year, and like they weren't they weren't stringing Christian along. They weren't they weren't like every step during that that process of Christian, whether he could play or not. Like he was being completely truthful about it. Like it's almost like he's being yeah. so truthful. Like I don't know if he knows he has to be this truthful, but like, right. like, he doesn't have to be this truthful about this stuff. Very candid. But he doesn't like he in a lot of ways he doesn't treat it like the CIA. It's like the rest of the league can see it. Um, so like, why not just kind of acknowledge it? No, I, I totally agree. I, I think it goes both ways in some respect. I mean, I, I always didn't mind kind of Rivera's sort of – I mean, Rivera's kind of like an establishment NFL guy. I don't say that in a bad way either. I just feel like he kind of grew up with the – you know, Mike Ditka, and he worked for Andy Reid, so he kind of yeah. understood how to answer those questions. And Matt's coming from the college ranks. Um, but, you know, one question I do want to ask you is – I don't know how to feel about some of the perception uh, about the team whenever like they're involved in transactions or anything. They're always like tying it directly to the owner. They always say, oh, David Tepper wants to do this. David Tepper wants to do that. And we don't hear um, much about the details about how the general manager, Scott Fitter, thinks, or even Matt Rule for that matter as well. Um, Why do you think that type of kind of perception right now exists within the NFL media? And um, how much truth is there, in fact, in discussing how much like kind of control or power the owner has over his general manager and head coach. Well, I think Dave, Dave's a lot like, as we were just talking about with rule, like Dave, if you get him on camera on a microphone, I'm just going to say what's on his mind. And so when you get a guy like that, I think people are assuming like, well, he must be telling his football people what he thinks too. Um, I cannot tell you, I actually do not know. Like, like, is he the one, I, I don't know how heavily he's pushing buttons. I, I, I honestly do not know. Um, but obviously he's involved, um, and he, he wants to 
turn, turn, you know, he had to turn around and, and the, a different way of how the organization thought from a football side. Well, first from a business side and then from a football side. And he's like, we need to modernize these, these thoughts. Um, now, how do you modernize them while also saying, listen, I know things I don't know. So it's like, I think it's, it's just, it's kind of like, like in my position right now, like I, I don't know how to do the social. I don't know how to write. I don't know how to do video. I don't know how to do all this stuff better than the people on, on the staff here. So it's just kind of mm -hmm. like, I can nudge them. Hey, we, no, we got to go like, like, let's go over here. Let's try and go over here. I don't know how to get there, but it's like, it, it, it's like this encouragement. Let's try this new. Let's try and do something different. Let's try and do this. Let's try and do that. And I think when you have old football establishment people, they're like, well, why are you helicoptering in and telling us what to do? You're not even a football person. <laughs> and so I, I think it's more like, no, think differently. Think out of the box, right? You go back to that last episode of All or Nothing when Dave said something about how, you know, it's an eight and eight league. It's designed to be an eight and eight league. So you got to figure out advantages here, there, blah, 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 blah. Now, if, you know, the advantage is taking Tom Brady in the sixth round, that, that's a pretty big advantage. But, you know, who – the Patriots passed on Tom Brady six times before they, they took him with their seventh pick that year. So that stuff's just so hard to predict when it comes to drafts and all this stuff. So that's why Tepper's come in. He's trying to find these little advantages with all this other stuff behind the scenes. And so I think some of that stuff gets um, combined with, oh, he, he's really meddling and stuff like that. When, yeah, he's trying to give these guys a lot of tools and whatnot and encouraging them to try these new things, different things here. Because, well, if you do it the old way, that's maybe that's not much of an advantage. But if you do it this new way, maybe there's an advantage here, if that makes sense. Bill, there's two names we don't talk enough about. I think Pat uh, Stewart, Samir Suleiman. I think Samir was uh, featured in one of Darren Gant's uh, stories a while back. Darren was on our pod, by the way. Did, it was just magnificent. I love his stories. And he goes way back with this team, as you well know. But uh, I think those are two individuals in the front office that don't get enough I guess credit, although I don't see them face to face. <laughs> I just understand from those with whom I speak that they do really good work in terms of not only managing the cap, but Stewart's relationship with Matt Rule goes way back, and that obviously builds some trust there. I think if you look at the total front office, I talked to Sam Farmer a few weeks back on our pod. He's known Fitter since high school. And he just had nothing but great things to say about this guy. He said, look, you're getting a really sound guy who's been through three regimes in Seattle. I just feel like they finally have it together with the, the, the front office structure. They're getting it together. It just seems like it's a nice structure. And I think Tepper's doing a good job of, of letting them work. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at it. I think, like, who's done it really well as a new staff the past few years? Um, you look at the Rams. I don't know enough about them to – I'm sure you guys do. I, I don't. Um, to, to know how to do it. I just know that, you know, you had Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott go to Buffalo at the same time. They had to tear everything up and, and redo it. They've been really good at it, but, it, you know, they had to tear stuff up. This one's a little different where it's like, well, Matt came in, Marty was still here, so you're kind of building over here, but you're mm. still doing things this way. So it's been, it's been kind of different, you know, kind of different ways to, like, move and this and that. And, and I do think Matt and, and, and Marty had a good relationship. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's becoming more of a, yeah, I think it's becoming, it, it, of course, when you give it more time, it's, it's going to be more of, of, of where people are comfortable and who they're comfortable with and who's trying new things um, and who wants to be modern. Um, I know, I mean, Samir, Samir to us, again, I can speak selfishly, has been fantastic. Um, the fact mm -hmm. that he went on the record in December and told the fan base what was going to happen with Taylor Moten and Curtis Samuel. That was December. fantastic. That um, was great. Yeah, people for three months were like, yeah, but no, like you had that, like, we're not, 
I'm not trying to pull wool over like anyone's eyes. Like he <laughs> right, said, right. like this is just the reality of the situation. Yep. Um, you know, if Curtis for some reason wasn't going to get paid, then of course he would be back here. But everyone knew he was going to get paid. Um, but anyway, he's been great. We had GoPros in his. Um, here's another tease for you: if, a, a video we may we may put out in, uh, after the draft. Uh, we had GoPros in his office throughout most of free agency. Like that, it's, <laughs> it's just like these guys really understand a lot of a lot of a, a lot of this. It, it like what modern fan bases need and want. Um, Pat, I cannot speak to that much. I know I think he's from Ohio or he spent a lot of time in Ohio because I have a good friend who like swears by Pat Stewart and is like, you got to go get drinks with him once this COVID stuff's over. But I really <laughs> haven't talked much to Pat over this past year because this COVID stuff right. has been going on. And so I have not, I have not spent much time with him, but I do in, in some interactions, I've seen the, 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 um, what is it when you all work together? I just had it in my head. The, um, it, what's the word I'm looking for? When you all mm. work together well. Uh, synergy, uh, the chemistry. How about chemistry? I'll, I'll think of it again. But it does seem like those guys, those guys, Fitterer, Samir, Rule, uh, Pat Stewart, a bunch of other guys back there are, are, are really like working well together, at yeah. least on the GoPro footage that I've seen. <laughs> and that's what matters, the content. <laughs> a couple fan questions here. We'll, we'll, uh, this, okay, so this is from Tepper's Fake Brass Balls on Twitter. Sorry about that. Uh, families <laughs> what's bill's what thoughts real one? <laughs> I don't, you have to ask your boss i don't know what's uh, bill's thoughts on us trading down fitterer talked initially like not moving out of the top 10 versus moving down in other parts of the draft due to talented top 10 now that some holes in free agency been filled do you expect maybe to move down so what are your thoughts on you have any feelings that i mean obviously you don't know the draft we're all mock drafting here out of our butts do you think with Scott Fitterer's background in Seattle, though, maybe they look to trade back a little bit and and pick up some extra compensation? What are your thoughts well, on that? Even even take away his background, I think most a lot of GMs go into the draft if if, if they're if they're not dead 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 set on a guy. Sure, if you're going to give me if you're going to give me a few extra picks, I'll go back a couple picks. Sure, mm-hmm. except um, for Dave Gettleman. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I could I could I could see that happening. Like if, if Justin Fields is sitting there at eight, it's it's going to be an interesting decision. Oh my goodness! Do you, do you take him? Do you add to that up? Right? Do you? It's a, it's a quarterback. It could be it could be a stud. Who knows? Or do you take picks? Do you take do you take? I was telling this to someone a couple of weeks ago. Like if they could get their second round pick next year back somehow, mm-hmm. then really it's like. And I know this isn't this is I'm really oversimplifying things. But if you can fill your second back up next year just because you moved a couple spots, then what did you really give up for Sam Darnold? That's it. You gave up. Yep. I mean, you're not going to count the late six this year. It's, it's, you gave up like a fourth. It's very year. much – it's been Darnold. explained to me by – Pat Kerwin's one of the best on the radio, and he talks about it all the time, that it's very much like the salary cap, and it's misunderstood. There's ways you can navigate, maneuver through it, and regain your draft compensation. Turn around, all of a sudden you've got those picks back. Mm-hmm. And I think if Justin Fields does drop, I don't think it'll happen – I think the the price tag for that eighth pick goes up exponentially and they've got a chance to really leverage that because all of a sudden it's a top tier quarterback. Maybe New England's looking to move up and then there's maybe an offensive tackle at 15 for Carolina. So, yeah. So I think, the question, right. yes, I could see them doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One more question uh, from Paul C. If the Panthers go wide receiver, do they take a premium one in the first round uh, and an offensive tackle at the top of the second or reversed? I guess what Paul's asking here, do you see them taking one of the top wide receivers in the first round? Again, this, is, this comes back to my personal feelings. I mean, it's exciting to think, what if Jamar Chase falls? Plug him in there. How exciting is that? And you think about, well, Robbie's just got one year left in his contract. DJ, they wouldn't be on his fifth. 
So like next yeah. year at this time, you could have and you be you might have to be addressing wide receiver mm -hmm. um, in free agency or in the draft. So you could get it done now. But like again, like it's just I, I know you want to. I, I know the Panthers would say like they don't have to draft for need, but to me like tackle corner, tackle corner the first couple days, like that's just that's my shopping list. Um, but that's just that's just me. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm probably not smart enough to be in that draft room. So you think tackle and corner are like priority positions that they have to address? Obviously, this is your opinion. I'm not going to try to put words in that this is what they want to do. Yeah, no, I just, again, I don't know if they know what they want to do because, I mean, I think, obviously, I think they, they have, like, if this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. But I don't, I don't know if, like, they know how all this stuff's going to shake out. If it were me, I would have a hard time not factoring a need. Again, I know that you want to do best player available, but, like, Maybe, you know, a lot of times, though, that best player available just also happens to fill, fill that hole of need. And, I mean, this class, this class is, is just stacked with tackles. So maybe you don't have to do it there at 8. Um, maybe you can, draft, you, you can drop back and get one at 8, or you can get one on Friday. Um, you know, but I, I do think I would, I would think that need somehow has to get in your back of your head on those first two days for the offensive line and then maybe for corner as well as far as you know like i i don't know i mean i know defensive tackles in need i just don't feel as strongly and, and here's the guy that was just saying lines 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 and being like oh who cares about the defensive tackles so that's so much of an idiot i am but um i just yeah i'm kind of just like there's a lot of good corners and there's a lot of good tackles there's a lot of good receivers too so that's why i definitely don't think you do one in the top 10 but yeah i, I agree with that day two you can still get i mean that's where they got curtis samuel they got him on the second day of the draft. I mean, coincidentally enough, they also got Taylor Mullen on the second day. Wayne of the draft. Jarrett also on the second day of the draft. There you go. Wait, That's who? true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Calvin hey, Benjamin was a day one guy. Yeah. So Calvin, Calvin was, on each that's side. That's it. You get a lay of the, the litany. I got to name some names from the 2000s. It'll make your head spin. Bill both joined assistant director of digital broadcasting and media. Is that your title? Did I get that right? Is that what they call you? Yeah, it's a, it's that's a long title. It's, it's a good. I like it. It's, it's great. Long, it's a long title. I just hope I run, I run the content. Uh, yes, you're the runner of the content. Uh, I met you one time, Bill. It was at uh, camp in 2011. I was a freelancer for Intercom down here, and kind Who are of you? reached. What's uh, your name? You're Billy. Uh, I'm John Ellis. I, they says John Ellis here. Oh, I think I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> I think you are too. <laughs> Yeah. You had uh, you worked at WSOC back then. You were the sports director, and I remember you were one of the only guys there. You and Joe Person and uh, oh my gosh, maybe Seth, Scott Fowler kind of helped me show me the ropes. You, you would tweet out. It was wrapped in Twitter, the advent of Twitter. You were tweeting. You might want to tweet here. Show up at this time. I still save the tweet where you gave me advice on when to show up. Be the first out there. And, and and you've sort of sort of like a role model to me in terms of how to do the content the right way. I've been to a few camps. I haven't had a lot of access, but I've tried hard to to do some reporting. With that said, this is really a question about you. Your journey's been fascinating, obviously, from SOC. You, you're a Syracuse guy. You started the BBR, which was a great website. We all obviously just love the content. And that was a labor of love, I'm sure, uh, from your end. And now, you know, coordinating the same fine content to a larger degree with a great team there. Uh, within the Panthers organization. Just tell us about your journey, Bill. Obviously, you love the city of Charlotte. It shows. Uh, you love this organization, and you love you're delivering content that people can can feel like they're a part of. What has this journey been like for you? Well, thank you for the kind words. Uh, it's been interesting. It's um, like 
when I was leaving SOC, it was just like, it, it, like local TV and newspapers like that. It was a ship to get off of. Um, yeah. And it was like, I, I got to go start something where then I can hire the kids that are coming because I'm going to be swept out of this quickly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it was up to me, I'd still be doing stuff with the microphone and still writing, blah, 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 blah. I just don't, I just think that's what, I just think that's, that's one of the reasons why local newspapers and TV have died is because it's all these old white people um, deciding that this is what we need to do because we've always done it. Right. And it's like, no, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> Let the people who are like, like carving out what like good good content is now let them do it yeah um give them you know give them try and get them access fight for them here and there da 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 push them but like it you shouldn't be the one delivering it and that and that's that that's kind of been my thing here um it's probably also a lack of, of self-confidence um but uh it's just yeah so i've been really fortunate to just be in a position where, and I call them kids. I mean, they're not. I mean, it ranges from 22 to 30 something, you know. Yeah. But like, they're that that's still kids to me. Um, it's just they are so t- in every in every realm and every bucket we have here, everyone's just better than me, and that and that's what it should be. I think, and no matter what, no matter what field you're in, if you're in a position of management, it's hire people that are smarter and better than you, yeah. and then and then let them go. And that's yeah. why I think, you know a lot of it depends on access, and that's what you like. <laughs> Thank you to Samir. Thank you, like, because yeah. that, because the more access we get, the more we're allowed to do. Uh, the more cameras we can get in here and there, the, the the more we can do. And that's 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 a fight and a battle. Um, you know, because that, and, and I don't mean a fight and a battle in a bad way, but like, you know, football people, like, they don't, like, you don't need cameras around. This isn't a reality show. Like, this is a lot of people's jobs are at stake here. Like, this is a lot of money and a lot of, and I, and here I am wanting to like Truman show everything. Like that's my job. I, I want, if I could Truman show everything, I would. Um, but that's not the reality of the situation. So it's how, how, how transparent can you be? So that's why when I got here, like that's who I still am on Twitter, unfortunately, for better or for worse. Like I'm as transparent as possible. I'm trying to make them as transparent as possible um, because it's just, I, I know that football people don't want to be transparent, but A, it's great for the fan bases. And then also I think when you're like transparent, and that's why I think like when rules up, they're saying these things, it's like, well, when he, then like you should, I don't know. It's just, you build your credibility that way. And that's just, that's, that's been my thing. And so um, I know I'm sarcastic and I'm caustic and I'm um, whatever, but that's just who I am. That's wonderful. I think that's great. I, it's one of the things I admire about you the most is your snark. And if you don't know Bill that well and you get hit with the snark, yeah, obviously it's going to hit you wrong. I remember last year's draft, was two years ago, the draft, the Will Greer, people were just jumping on you. Oh, they should. They should. <laughs> like, no, it's, Let's talk not, about it. Let's talk I mean, about it. Let's talk about it. Okay, let's talk about it. Because I am – listen, I people people, and they'll still bring it up, and they will crush me as they and should. And they still I, do, right. I see I'm it happy. still. I'm like, the hell is this? <laughs> I'm happy to say I was a jackass for being, for being that flippant about it. With that said, I will – I am completely happy and comfortable, and you can tell me I'm wrong, to say that they – to take a quarterback late in the third round after not taking a quarterback in all those years, knowing what I knew about Cam and his shoulder then – him coming off of a second shoulder surgery, yeah. then finally bringing in a young quarterback to the pipeline. To me, yeah, that made sense. Take a flyer on him than, than just the safety. Now, I understand this Chauncey Gardner, but what, what, like, he's, he's fine. But, like, you needed to, to build up a new – now, then you, if you want to argue was it the right quarterback, totally understand that. Sure, yeah. But the fact that they finally took a quarterback, it was just like, okay, now they're finally planning for the future. 
one of the reasons the Teddy thing happened last year is because they weren't prepared for life after camp. Um, that, you know, that's what, do you want to do a Jordan Love thing, what the Packers are doing right now? I, I don't know. I mean, that's not making people up there happy. But when Aaron's done, maybe they can have a seamless transition where Cam to whoever wasn't going to be seamless. It's just right. a very, it's, it's difficult. So I know I'm rambling, but no, no, I, people can crush that one. That's fine. Rambling's Listen, good. When I'm wrong, I'm happy for people to tell me I was wrong. I, we've, had po- we've had podcasts that will barely open up and say a word. Rambling is good. We can always edit, Bill, but I don't think we will in this one. Cam Newton, let, let's just examine where he is in his career. You were one of the, I think, more outspoken, if, if not very direct with people about the shoulder issues, dating back to, I believe, 17. And, of course, it was aggravated in 16 with the interception, ran down, uh, the injury in, in 18, of course, with Watt. Uh, the way he played in 17, I thought, was fairly remarkable considering. And then with, early on with North Turner, they adjusted the offense horizontally to sort of help with that arm. But we saw the all-or-nothing series. I know what was fascinating by that is just some of the behind-the-scenes stuff where he and Scott were in the uh, quarterback room and there was ice on that shoulder every week. And I think the Philly game, he was probably his most sore. Where do you see his career arc now? Does he still have an opportunity, giving what you know and what you've learned about his condition and his shoulder, to, to make two or three more good years out of this? Um, I mean, let's, let's start back at the – was 18 all or nothing season or 19? I get my numbers confused. It was uh, 18. Yeah, 19 was the Kyle right. Allen experience. Yeah, 17, he was – 17, it was, it was really good. That playoff game in New Orleans, he was incredible. Oh, yes. Um, so, 19 – now, they were 6-2. and two, Yep. Right, and everyone goes, you know, the, 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 the Watt hit. Like, why was Taylor Heineke coming in to throw – like, yep. it's Taylor Heineke. It's Cam Newton. Like, what, like, how was that not setting off alarm bells? And people were just like, oh, da, 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 da. Like, he could like, listen, was he really, really good? Was he really good in this new system? Yeah, he was, he was really impressive in Norm's yeah. system. And maybe you could have won with a quarterback like that. But he, he didn't have an arm like he used to. And, that's, and again, that's okay. Like, neither did – Drew Brees kept winning games. He didn't win a Super Bowl after that first one. But Drew Brees kept winning games over the past decade or so. Um, with an arm that couldn't go downfield. So mm-hmm. Cam could, yes, but there was something different there and people didn't want to hear it in that first half of, of, of that season. And then mm-hmm. and then the Watt hit in the, in the Philly game. I, all that accelerated everything. It just seemed like Matt was never going to be completely comfortable with that dynamic in terms of a quarterback with an iffy arm. It just seemed to me he wanted his own guy to begin with when he came in that building. Were there any rifts that you could pick on between the owner and the uh, the quarterback along the no, way there? No. no, and the owner and Cam were good. Um, okay. The rule, like, first of all, if you come in, you usually want your new guy anyway. You want your own guy anyway. Sure. Then knowing Cam, like, what was going on with Cam's injury, if you're Matt Rule, and I know, I sound like an apologist here for the, for the Cam lovers, but, like, I also think it's rational. Like, you want your new guy anyway. Even take away the personality type stuff of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a guy that had two shoulder surgeries and then a foot thing. And it's just like, I mean, really? Like, like you want to – yeah, I, I could understand why you want to why you want to wipe that slate clean. I, I do believe, just because I was involved in, like, a lot of these, like, because we were trying to film a show back then. Like, yeah. he really did – like, what he said at the combine was the truth. Like, he was looking forward to it to playing with them and then because they didn't think they didn't think that teddy was going to be available like they thought teddy was going elsewhere um so then when teddy became available it was like okay we'll, we'll pull the trigger here that in my perspective is what happened clearly i'm not this will this will surprise you i'm not in a lot of the meetings that tepper and um, Google has. um <laughs> oh, come on bill um, so listen, a lot of this you know but you know a lot of it's just educated and then reading tea leaves and then just course, also, yeah. kind of being rational like cam was 
Cam was not healthy. And if you're a new head coach, so I think, I think that has more of a factor than anything personality, big personality wise. So like, if you're me and you're going to try and give me both of them, it's like, okay, fine. That's fine. But like, if you give me a fresh start too, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. And I totally, if you were were at SOC, I would ask you the same questions because your perspective has always been very fresh and very unique. If you're going to blame anybody, blame us, blame me, blame the social team, because it's, yeah, you're trying to navigate how the hell you, 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 you move on from Cam Newton. And I, and I understand like, what are the right things to say? I know oh, it's gotta be impossible. Like it's, it's, what it, yeah. What is the right thing to say though? And no one ever gave me, now I, I will listen and I will, I will gladly hear people saying you guys did not, you did not do cam. What you posted was not right by cam. I will listen to that and I'll hear you. But then I'll say, well, what, what should have happened? And, mm-hmm. and, it, and that's a lot harder for people to, to, to say what should have happened. I, 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 I am like you, I'm a snark king. And I probably poked fun at it when it happened, but in the reality, I understand the business and you can't say much. I mean, look, what are you going to do? He's still kind of on the roster. They've announced they're going to give him permission to be traded. You guys eventually made one of the best production pieces I've ever seen. Thanking Cam. The whole thing was strange, Bill. I mean, he, there was a COVID environment. He was coming into rehab there. He was in the middle of it. He was obviously dealing with, uh, you know, a lot on his plate. And then this new coach is a very aggressive mindset uh, I, I don't know if Matt just really wanted to size that up and, and then say, you know, I don't have time to deal with the question marks about this injury. I got to get my guy in you here. Know who the football love of, you know who the football love of my life is still? It's Bernie Kosar. I, would, I remember where I was <laughs> when the Browns got rid of Bernie Kosar. Well, I was walking to math class in high school. Like, I remember exactly where I was. Oh, Does that goodness. mean it was the wrong decision to do it? No, and like no. the way Bill Belichick did it, was it the right way to do it? I don't, no. you know, back then, no, I'm still probably pissed about it. And it's yeah. understandable because Bernie, in my lifetime, put the Browns somewhere they had never been before. Cam is times five to ten of that because Cam elevated an organization, a city, states. Like, yeah, Cam transcended. He, like, it, Cam it was always going to be hard. Just whether you're, a, whether you're a fan in Charlotte, if you're a fan in South Carolina, whether you're a fan in Washington, whether you're a fan in Germany, like Cam made you as a Panther fan matter. Like you would get one of the top broadcasting teams because Cam was there. Cam was relevant. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot. The, the divorce is never going to be clean or easy. Um, but I don't think people with bad intentions who were like people with bad intentions with that. It's just it was always going to be really ugly. Yeah, there's two sides to it. We've always been very fair in our analysis and our shows and our writing about it. They'd look, you know, fans that follow our content, my page, Billy's as well. I mean, they're crazy for Cam Newton. I'd say 90% of the people thought that it was a mistake. Look, that's neither here nor there. It was done at the time. I, I, the only thing I questioned was the Bridgewater contract because I'd seen the tape on him. I thought they, uh, to me, I'm not a, look, I'm like you. I'm not a GM. I'm not a doctor either, so, but I'm not a GM, and I'm certainly not going to pass judgment. I just will say this. I think it's two years of commitment with Bridgewater, and now they're sort of in this, oh, how do we get him I off our books? That, that, that seemed at time a one-year deal would have seemed more fair, but I think, they, to your point, there was something that Marty and, and the guys there saw, that there was some urgency to get him in the building. And uh, Dave had a, Dave's ever had a press conference in December, and he talked about learning from mistakes. Yes, he did. Uh-huh. And I think that's a mistake, if you want to call it a mistake. I don't know. I mean, I think Teddy can still play. I don't think he was as bad as he was in the second half of the season because I thought he was pretty good. Like, 
Of he did his thing. He, Bill, he, Bill, he did what he does. Season, that yeah. first half of the season, he was not. He was not bad. He was sharp. Um, so I don't know if it was a mistake, but I, I hear what you're. I, I hear what you're saying. It, it's yeah. they they tried to have literally the bridge quarterback, and then it was just like there's something. It's just not working. Here. It just didn't work. And to their credit, I mentioned earlier, to their credit, at least they're sort of trying to move on quickly here and and get things right. Uh, last question, Bill, and this is one you'll love from one of our fans uh, on Twitter. Uh, what's your take on the uniforms? Are they ever going to change them? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I'm I'm not in marketing, so I cannot answer that question. Um, (laughs) We'll blame you if they do or don't. I'm just letting you know. I mean, I don't think it's happening this year um, because those things take a little bit. But yeah, I imagine we'll see a refresh. But um, yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't know how to answer those except to just kind of laugh. Um, I really don't care. Uh, I, <laughs> That's I, why I asked it. I just don't. Just, yeah. well, the ones I like, because I, because the thing is, is like I am so I don't have a I don't have a take on it either. Like yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I thought the color rush ones are cool. Well, I like the people, I, I like the, your your brownies. I like that they went back. I, I they got off of that that got off yeah. of Cleveland on the front strip. Oh, it was in the pants. That's what I like to see is, you know, they, they admitted their – it's like Tepper. They admitted their mistake. They went back to the classics. They, they look great out there, man. But I also don't care what the Browns are wearing. Like, they, they could be wearing the worst <laughs> uniforms you've ever oh, seen in your life. Oh, come on. You care, if, Bill. If come on. Yeah, no, no. If they're good. All I care about is if they're good. If, if yeah. they're bad and good uniforms, hey, what do I care? Yeah, like, case in point. Like, but if they're – yeah, Denver Broncos. What are some actually? 19, 97, 98, The Broncos. People hated those uniforms, and they won two Super Bowls, and they were out there I just starting the, the streets. <laughs> the Bobcats was a horrible name. It was a horrible concept. Oh, but if the Bobcats had drafted, say, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, and that place was filled every oh, night, would've... Gotta, people would have been fine with the Bobcats' name. Sure, they yeah. would have wanted the Hornets' name, but they would have shown up and been happy that the Bobcats were ripping apart the league. It, listen, I don't care what you put the Browns in. If they won, I'm happy. I Speaking of Cleveland, are you going to be in Cleveland for the draft, or are you staying local? Of course he is. TBD. TBD. He's got to um, be no, there. Come I mean, on. Funny, I, every, even, even today, why would I go when we've got all these things we have to do here, um, content-wise? You were in uh, Nashville. I was yeah. in Nashville. Bill, it's Again, Cleveland, buddy. Than... Come on. It's your home, man. Because oh, I remember um, he, he interviewed uh, – you know, Brian Burns' brother after Stanley. I'm not, oh. I'm not going. I'm not going if if we know that whoever they're going to pick is not going to be there. And which is the problem is because since there's really no no telling what's going to happen, I think I am going to Cleveland, but still being wishy washy about it. Breaking news, folks! Breaking news just into the newsroom here. Bill both thinks he's going to Cleveland. That city. It is a big guy. Yes, you're right, Bill. It's a homecoming. It's a like Bernie Kosar coming home. Bill both, ladies and gentlemen. Bill, this has been fun, man. Thanks for making time. Um, any big projects coming? I know you talked about a few things you're working on. Anything we'd be looking for on the website that uh, you and your team are working on right now? Yeah, there's something up. Uh, the, the draft. Have you heard? The draft is coming up. Something about that, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> we'll do a few things around the draft. I think it's by the end of the month. Um, okay. And then uh, schedule release after that. Um, oh. our, again, it's just, you, you hire the, the right people and you tell them go. Um, and so we're hoping to, our last two schedule releases have been pretty good. A video theme two years ago and last year, the quarantine theme. And so trying to, you're just continuously trying to one up. And so we are working on something where if these things hit, it'll be, it'll be pretty good. At least we hope so. That's great stuff. Where the hell's cart talk? What's going on? 
What's the latest on car talk? Well, again, I'm not Let's sure. Go. Again, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've been reading the news. There's been something called a pandemic over the past. Uh, well, uh, you could take two. So. You could take two carts so, with GoPros and drive beside each other. You can always adjust. <laughs> somebody did. Somebody did a few months ago suggested I play Mario Kart with these oh, guys and have go. a chat. I thought that. I thought that was really funny. I've been too lazy to try and figure out how technically it could make it happen. If we get if we get some clearances on vaccines and and who can, who we can be around as far as like the vaccinated rules, I guess and like that's a good which point, players yeah. we can be around and when, then Car Talk will come back. Bill Both from Panthers.com. He's uh, just doing it all there content wise. One of our favorite followers at Panthers, Bill. He has another account as well. Don't bother on that. That's just where he likes to have some peace and quiet. No, no, no. The other one is where I talk soccer. Oh, it's this, it. when are we talking about this? When are we talking about the Super League? I don't know, you man. And Billy Real Madrid's president is having See, a. Billy's been really quiet on this, right? Now, now Billy's chiming in. So let's do it. Yeah, let's let's talk about Super League. Let's go. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's it's kind of crazy. I can't. Feel, I really can't believe it's actually happening. To be honest with you, is it though? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at these quotes. The Real Madrid president, who's supposedly the chief architect, is saying it's 100 happening. He's supposed to be having an interview right now. Um, it's. It sounds like no matter how bad the PR is, it's going to happen. Yeah, no, it's, I told some, or maybe I tweeted this yesterday. Like, it feels a lot like the Brexit, the night of the Brexit vote, where it's like, like, it's a, it's a literally a different country. And you're like, this can't be happening, right? And it's like, no, it really is. And you're like, they can't. And it just keeps, like, the more the news comes out, you're like, how? Like, I, I read today, like, Chelsea could get thrown out of the Champions League semis, which I'm, would not make me happy. See, and I don't think that that's going to happen. They John, just, what do you? What's the what's the art form? What am I looking for in a good soccer game schematically? What do I need to be interested in? Because I never watch it. <laughs> I don't care about schematics. Do you really? I, don't, I just care. About <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's kind of tough to really care about schematics. Uh, See, like I said, do. I, just, I have no idea what I'm talking it's like about. A good wine. Like, I don't know wine. <laughs> I don't know wine, and I don't play golf well. Yeah. I just kind of like doing both. Um, you know, but I don't. I'm not an expert in it. But I, the having having games on during the day as background noise, like all like baseball games, um, is tremendous. Yeah, because nothing really happens. So you don't look up when like the announcer's voice gets up, and then and then you see the goal. You guys, Xavier, you guys are stoked that. about the MLS, Bill. I know you. I mean, Bill, you're just stoked about the soccer team and Charlotte. You got to be man. Your hands are going to be all in that, obviously. That's a big deal. I mean, that is all, all jokes aside. That's a huge deal for for Dave Tepper to have landed yeah. that. I mean, just talk about that for a second before we let you go. Just the impact that that's going to have on this community. Obviously, I, we joke about it. I, I know soccer a little bit. My kids love it, but uh, it's not my cup of tea. But I think I'm going to have to get into it now. With uh, you know, Charlotte's got a team now. Let's go. Well, like most people in the world, the last 14 or 15 months have been pretty difficult. Um, they brought in Nick Kelly, their new president, and um, he's really, really, really smart. And he really understands how you need to build these things. Like building a soccer team is, is like the opposite of how you build an NFL team. Like mm-hmm. NFL team, like, no, you're, you're a fan. Like, like you do what kind of like what the team tells you to do. Like soccer, it's like, like supporters should like be guiding you what they want. Mm-hmm. And Nick understands that. And so I think there's going to be a lot of good work done over the next, over the next year. I think it was really smart last week. They announced that they're going to be uh, on free all over, uh, over the air TV, all their games in the Charlotte area. Um, and that first wow. year, which is just vitally important, they're going to have um, a lot of good streaming options for people that aren't in the Charlotte area. Um, and then they had another second announcement that was good last week that I can't remember, but it was good. Uh, what was it? I can't remember. But no, Nick, Nick is, Nick's here, and, and I think Nick's doing good things. Um, and, uh, 
and it, it, he, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time, um, but he's, he's going to make up a bunch of ground, and, and I think it's going to be a good thing for sure. Awesome did, did they have like quite a bit of European guys to like run the operations, like the football operator or soccer operations? A little bit. I'm trying to find this nectar. That's this thing I put out. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, there's, there's, there's a good amount of that. I don't know how that compares to the rest of the MLS. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a fair amount of um, European folks in there. Well, it'd be fascinating. And then, you know, obviously with the, what's going to come next with the stadium, I see some alterations being made, of course, and they have to do that obviously, but will there be a stadium eventually maybe across the street where the tracks are? I, yeah, I've been following this bill. I've been, going to games since I was like 15. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm like you. I've been around for a while. And, um, you know, this, this team means a lot to Billy and I and to you as well. Uh, but I think Dave Tepper, honestly, I'm not just saying this because you're on the radio with us here. I'm not just saying this because you work for the gentleman because I know you're very fair. You're, you're very thorough. You're not going to kiss anybody's butt here. I think Dave's on the right track. I, I was skeptical. And, and he's the owner. It's not like you can fire the owner. Um, I really do think he's trying to do this the right way. And a lot of owners, you can't say them. And, and like Pat Kerwin says on the radio, he's been through this. One thing, quote I, I love from him is you've got to learn how to own. And I think he's finally sort of getting – he's getting to a point where he's got the business side. You were a part of that, Bill. I mean, you were in the middle of helping him reshape a lot of what was happening on the business end, I'm sure. And now he's able to focus in on, you know, helping give the football operations people what they need to be successful. Yeah, no, he's um... – Listen, we all knew the business side and whatnot. Like all this kind of just needed to be blown up and modernized. And yeah. um, now he's trying to do it with three organizations, really, like Tepper Sports and Entertainment slash, um, the, like the stadium and then the Panthers and MLS. So, yeah, um, yeah. I listen. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff's going to work out. Um, he doesn't either. Um, but he's certainly trying, and he's trying to give people the tools to be successful. And, and we'll see. Well, Bill, you've been kind to join us here. We first joined you on the pod. You were literally, folks won't see this, but he was running down a hallway with a phone in his hand. It was like, like there was a fire. And I'm, I just imagine Bill, his speed. I first met Bill, like I said, back in 2011. That was his energy from day one where I met the guy, just nonstop. And it's why he's doing such a great job here with the Panthers. Bill Vo, thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. All right, next time on the Roar Podcast. Dane Brugler is going to join us from The Athletic to break down the NFL draft. Thanks to Bill Voth, Panthers.com, for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Blue Wire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.